0: Create us, Spirit, heavenly dove, descend upon us from above. With graces manifold, restore your creatures as they were before. To you, the comforter, we to you the gift of God most high, true fountain of life, the fire of love, the soul's anointing from above. Praise to your eternal merit, Father, Son, Son and holy spirit
1: Amen. Good morning and welcome to Bethel Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Amy Beveridge, and this is our online worship experience. I want to say a special hello to those of you who might be joining our online family for the first time today. We are so excited you found us and hope that today's word meets you where you are, hoping to be met. And I want to thank all of you faithful listeners out there. Some of you are in nursing homes on lockdown right now. Some of you are recovering from injuries. Some of you are avoiding Omicron, and some of you are just resting and worshiping in a quieter way and congregations are sometimes able to give in person. Wherever you are, please know that you are counted in our prayers. It is a quiet time of year for us, so don't have too many announcements today. I did want to share the preaching schedule for the next few weeks. I will be with you next week on the 31st to celebrate our 130, 135th anniversary, as a church in Templeton. Marie Quinn will be doing some best-loved hymns on the organ. Then on August 7th, I will be away, but Pastor Charlie Little, who retired from Templeton Presbyterian about a year ago, will be preaching. And then Pastor Mary Steinweber will be taking us on the road to Damascus with Paul's conversion on August 14th. We have a very rich few Sundays ahead and some wonderful voices leading us, and I hope that you can be part of that in person or online. Today, we continue with our work in the book of Acts, and I really invite you to do the readings with us. Take your own notes and do your own reflections. Take advantage of the extra links to articles and videos that I post on our webpage. This is an opportunity to broaden your perspective and your biblical literacy And I hope you say yes to the invitation of the Holy Spirit to engage your Bibles. So in the spirit of learning, discovery, and longing to be closer to God's word, let us center ourselves in Christ and come together in spirit and in truth to be in this virtual and yet very real place. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, Come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
2: The church for the unity of all for this holy house for all who worship and praise let us that we
3: may live out your impassioned response to the hungry and the poor that we may live out truth and justice and grace let us pray to the lord let us pray to the lord And your spirit to guide, that you center our lives in the water and the Word, that you nourish our souls with your body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord.
2: Kyrie eleison on our world and on our way.
1: Let us pray, gracious God, like Philip before us, let us say yes to you. Like Philip before us, take us to the people and places where you are least expected to go. Like Philip before us, let us accompany those who thirst for the word and thirst for your word of grace, but the least of all. very own selves the name of the father and the son and holy spirit we pray amen well last week we heard the haunting story of stephen known as the first christian martyr murdered in a fit of rage by a crowd he was confronting with the powerful word he died a prophet and he died with his last breath calling upon god to forgive his perpetrators just as Jesus had prayed the same. Stephen's death is a turning point in our story, a point of no return, really, because it launches a persecution within Jerusalem against the early disciples. Many flee the city bounds, scattered into territories beyond. But God doesn't end the story with Stephen. Instead, as the persecuted move into new lands, The message of spirit and grace and freedom and Jesus goes with them. The good news spreads. It's an irony in trying to crush Stephen because of the word he preached. They propel it forward, out to the tribes and then beyond to the nations. There are more ironies on the way, which we will hear of as Luke, who is writing the story, now shifts the lens. Instead of focusing on events near the temple, Luke will now follow the spirit beyond the city. More and more outsiders will find their way to faith and faith communities. And now, instead of tracking one story of the early disciples, we will follow multiple characters. We will see Peter and others encountering new believers and discovering their mission in God. And woven throughout that, we will see Saul, the persecutor, go through his own conversion The Bible is going to jump back and forth, and it might be hard to track who's who in all of this, but I'll do my best to keep us clear. So, in summary, number one, Stephen's death starts a persecution, but the whole plan to silence the Christians backfires. Number two, the Holy Spirit is now on the loose throughout the countryside, in Samaria specifically today, and this would have surprised those that thought the Hebrew covenant was bound to a particular ethnicity or territory or tribe. And three, we're going to pick up our story with Philip, in whose name we prayed with today. Great was the joy of those in Samaria who heard Philip, the Bible says, who heard him preach and saw the signs of healing he did in the name of the Lord. Now we will see what happens when he meets those people, and today, in particular, Simon, a magician.
4: A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 8. Now a certain man named Simon had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he was someone great. All of them, from the least to the greatest, listened to him eagerly, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they listened eagerly to him, because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, who was proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. After being baptized— He stayed constantly with Philip, and was amazed when he saw the signs and great miracles that took place. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain God's gift with money. You have no part or share in this, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord, that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and the chains of wickedness. Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may happen to me. Now, after Peter and John had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, proclaiming the good news to many villages of the Samaritans. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb silent before its shearer. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. The Word of the Lord Thanks be to God. A
0: reading from Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise.
5: I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything.
0: On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul.
5: All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth.
0: They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord.
5: For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away.
0: Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me.
5: The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Amen.
2: <music> Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia! Hallelujah! Alleluia! Hallelujah!
1: A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the 11th chapter. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial, and he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Gospel of the Lord. You know, it's fascinating in the commentaries on these passages in Acts because the sense I get is that most readers of these ancient verses want to compare Philip, a commissioned leader of the church. Remember, one of the seven, the same as Stephen. They want to compare Philip with Simon, this magician in Samaria. I mean, even the Bible wants us to compare them by setting up this conflict between their powers. We have Simon, this great magician, several times over scripture saying how amazing he was. And then you have Philip, who was no magician, but preaching and performing miracles so great that people felt led to baptism and faith in God. They pledged themselves to God because of what they experienced in Philip. And what really blows Simon the magician away is when the apostles come to check out what's been happening, those back in Jerusalem, they come to see for themselves, and the simple laying on of hands brings the Holy Spirit. This entices Simon. He wants this kind of power for himself, a power that exceeds any magic that he could perform. The mistake he makes, of course, is believing that this kind of power may be bought with money. And from there, he is accused of worshiping other gods. His character is morally bankrupt, and the apostles emerge showing their integrity. But I think the really interesting thing, for me anyway, is to compare the story of the magician with the story of the eunuch, which comes right after this confrontation between Peter and the magician. Because here, we then get the complete opposite of Simon. And it's worth saying, by the way, that we get the sense that the spirit is truly all over the place, from magical Samaritans to Ethiopian eunuchs, Ethiopia representing the furthest, southernmost reach of the Mediterranean imagination, the Spirit is moving all the way to the edge of the empire. Here is someone from so far outside the bounds of the Judean land and yet still encountering the covenant made known in the promise of Jesus. And a eunuch to boot, someone whose gender and sexuality were ambiguous. He was outside the, ba- the bounds of the covenant. Eunuchs weren't considered clean and they were not allowed in the temple. Leviticus and Deuteronomy say clearly anyone with injured male organs won't be allowed in the assembly of the Lord. But in this encounter with Philip, the Ethiopian is reading Isaiah. And Isaiah says, when the people live as the Lord intends us to live, the eunuch will say no more, I am a dry tree. So the idea that even this official would be included in the covenant promise is unexpected because the spirit is saying, look, look. Jesus is here as promised, making the world just as the prophets declared all those generations ago. I bring your attention to this because it's so crucial to understand what the Holy Spirit is accomplishing here, breaking down those walls of division and breaking down those walls of identity that we've been talking about every week with this book. And I want you to keep a hold of that idea because we're going to be coming into it quite fully next week. The idea that it's the least expected who find themselves followers of a Messiah rooted in the Hebrew promises. Acts pushing us to break down walls. Acts pushing us to break down walls. Okay, but back to the integrity of the Ethiopian eunuch unlike the magician who only sees a profit to be gained, who thinks he can buy his way into spiritual power. Here we have a eunuch who has plenty of worldly power because he was a court official. He was in charge of the queen's entire treasury, vast sums of money. And yet God interests him not for the profit he could make, but for the story. All this anonymous man wants to do is know God, know this suffering servant who died to rescue his people. Unlike Simon, who has a name, this unnamed one doesn't thirst for recognition, doesn't thirst for loyalty, doesn't thirst for wealth, just thirsts for the word, to know the word, to grasp it, to be amazed by the power of Christ. Anything else leaves you empty. That's why I think it's so illuminating to compare these stories side by side. We can really witness the authentic Christian life, what real motivation to know, honor, and love God looks like. I want to read you something, something that again shows us the difference in these two encounters with Philip. It's from a book called The Gospel on the Ground by Christy McLelland. I just love this book. I'll be sharing more of it with you this fall She says, watch out for the Christian who spends more time telling you what she is against than rather what she is for. The earliest followers of Jesus lived for, not against. They sought to bring the kingdom of God to earth as it is in heaven. They wanted to create, to build, to share, to bless, to encourage, to meet needs, to make a positive impact and to make a difference in the darkness of the world of empire. Rather than running from the darkness, they inhabited it and announced the year of the Lord's favor in it, both in word and deed. In other words, they were for the kingdom of God, not so much against the Roman empire. It's hard to minister to someone or something when you feel against them. If the world feels adversarial to you, you will tend to avoid it, judge it and lack empathy for the people living in darkness. But If you see the world of empire as a space that needs the light that you can bring as an opportunity to usher in the kingdom of celebration and bring meaning to meaninglessness, you will engage and lean in wholeheartedly like like the believers we read about in the book of Acts and in the early church histories. Being against something, this is the crucial bit, being against something is passive. You can sit on your couch all day being against things being against something is easy, but being for something is active. You have to get off the couch and do something to help. Being for something will cost you, but it's worth it. In the magician, we see what Christians are against. And maybe it's not even fair to say that Christians are against this magician. It's more like he was against himself and Peter was just boldly pointing it out. And then with the eunuch, we see clearly what Christians are for, living close to the word, discovering our freedom in the faith, finding our way in the assembly of the Lord, surprising connection across these man-made barriers, going on our way with joy, fulfillment. God is so for us, so very for us. And that's what I invite you to take with you this week. Spend some time reflecting in this faith of ours, what am I for? Ask you this self. Ask yourself that. What am I for? Who is this God that I am for? What ways might God want me to let go of ruminating and what I am against and instead embrace and celebrate this gift of indestructible life? What does that look like for you specifically? I love what Christy McClellan says. It's so easy to be against. it's much harder to live for. OK. The story of the eunuch is going to stay with us in the next few weeks because there are so many important verses that thread themselves into future chapters. So read it over, pray it, keep track of your questions and insights, know it well. It's an important story for us as we get into this ancient world more deeply. May God bless you as you journey with this word. May you thirst for its power as deeply as those who first knew Jesus. Amen.
2: Spirit, you have chosen me to be. You have drawn me to your wonder, you have set your sign on me. And like a mother Oh, yeah.
5: I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
1: We're going to close with the prayer uh, from St. Benedict from the 3rd century. O gracious and holy Father, give us wisdom to perceive you, intelligence to understand you, diligence to seek you, patience to wait for you, a heart to meditate upon you, and a life to proclaim you through the power of the Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember us in your kingdom, O God, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: Veni, Sancte Spiritus. Veni, Sancte
3: Spiritus. Spiritus. Come, Holy Spirit, from heaven shine forth. Glorious light, Veni, Sancti, Spiritus, come from the four winds, O Spirit, come, breath of God, disperse the shadows over us, renew and strengthen your people. Spiritus, Veni you are our only comforter, peace of the soul. In the heat you shade us, in our labor you refresh us, and in trouble. You are our strength, then he sunk his kindle in our hearts the flame of your love, that in the darkness of the world it may glow and
2: Veni, Sancte Spiritus. Spiritus. Veni, Spiritus.
1: Go in peace, love, and serve the Lord.